Welcome to Disruptive Successor, a show for next generation leaders in family businesses and entrepreneurs who want to disrupt the status quo and take their existing business to a whole new level. We all know that what got us here isn't going to get us there. This show will provide inspiration, advice, and resources to help you create massive impact. This podcast is sponsored by myself, Jonathan Goldhill, and my company, The Goldhill Group, where we provide coaching for growing companies. I'm Jonathan Goldhill, and my purpose is simple, to guide entrepreneurial leaders in family businesses towards more freedom and fulfillment. I want entrepreneurs to get clarity around the changes that will make them and their businesses more successful so they can experience the same freedom I've enjoyed in my life. Our proven practices challenge business owners to think differently about their business and how they're running it and quite literally become game changers in our clients' companies. Learn more at the goldhillgroup.com website where you can schedule your free strategy session. Hi, Jonathan Goldhill here, and welcome back to another episode of the Disruptive Successor Show. Um, today, we're going to be talking about systems and processes. One of the P's in my book, the Disruptive Successor book, is process. So today, we have Gary Van Boetelen, who hails from Belgium in the Netherlands, across the pond from us here in California and the United States. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Whale. It is a relatively new company, and Whale is a knowledge and training platform that helps you centralize your processes, your standard operating procedures, or SOPs, policies, and tribal knowledge so that you can onboard and train people faster. Gary knows the importance of building systems and structure of the business as he was a director of an IT company. And he aspires to enable businesses around the world to scale their business operations by connecting their teams to the right knowledge in the moment of need. Gary, welcome to my show today. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for that nice intro and thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us, uh, um, tell us a little bit about what Whale is and what Whale does so leader, um, our listeners understand that. Sure. So... You mentioned in uh, in my previous uh, experience as as the managing director of an IT services fir firm, I came across this challenge that as we were scaling the business um, and we were onboarding new people and we were trying to build a structure, we we hit that glass ceiling that so many companies hit. And so we were looking at how can we break through that ceiling and looked at what challenges are, are we facing. And so one of the main challenges was as we went from 20 to 30 employees, we felt that everyone was doing an aspect of the business in their own way. There was not a set way of doing things. Uh, people were either winging it, hoping they were doing it the right way or relying on me to tell them how to do stuff. So most of the time, all I was doing was telling people, hey, this is how we do things and repeating it over and over and over again. And so that was just not a scalable way. I felt like all I was doing was putting out fires, answering repetitive questions. So I turned 
to a solution where I felt like I need to document how we do things, train my team on how to do that, and hopefully this will help me save back time. So I went looking for that solution. Um, I turned to what most companies do is document it, put it in Google Drive and tell everyone where it is. Unfortunately, that didn't help. So there were a lot of pitfalls in my process to get to uh, better process documentation and training that led me to uh, build my own solution, which became Whale. So it was originally just something that I wanted to build to help my own company grow and scale more easily uh, as we went from 20 to 30 to 40 employees. Um, but by reaching out to a lot of other companies, I felt like they had the same challenge, the same problems uh, when it came to scaling, growing, building more consistency in the business. And so uh, we decided to create this entire new company, call it Whale, uh, and start offering it as a solution uh, and helping other companies. And let's, uh, let's get to why do we call it or why did you choose to call it Whale? Because uh, the only connection I can see there is that um, companies need a whale of processes and <laughs> systems to keep their business in check. Uh, why did you come up with that name? Yeah, so um, the answer decides on the mood I'm in. Um, so there's there's multiple answers. Oh, okay. the, one I'm, I'm, uh, the one I'm sticking with uh, uh, today is... Um, so as you mentioned, a company needs a whale of processes. They need a lot of processes. Right. Uh, a company exists of so many different pieces that in the end, you end up with this huge thing, which kind of makes you think about a large animal, so a whale. At the same time, when you think about what a whale eats, it's these tiny pieces of plankton, right? Mm -hmm. Small bits and pieces ends up to this huge animal. And one of the key components of whale is that documentation doesn't need to be a hundred page manual. It can be small bits and pieces of information of knowledge, but delivered and combined at the, at the right moments creates this massive impact. And so we liked the idea of having those small, we call it micro uh, sized contents uh be built up to this huge thing that moves you forward so oh, that's I kind like of that. where whale came from i like that so um so yeah let's talk about all the different micro size content so i like to refer in my language uh to systems as mm -hmm. there's a handful of systems you have in your business but in a system and I call a system, let's say it, there's a human resource system or there's an accounting system. Then there's a lot of processes. So to me, the processes would be the, the plankton and the system would be, you know, the something smaller than a whale, but something bigger <laughs> than the plankton. And, yeah. So let's just talk about some of the essential types of software that every business needs, because I was thinking about this before our call today. And there's obviously accounting software, right? Everyone needs to have that as an integral part of their business. And um, and if it's not built into the accounting software, you need some kind of time tracking software. Um, in addition, you need probably a project management software if you're um, making or uh, you know delivering a service. If I mean, if you're manufacturing something, you might need something more complex like a like a logistics and tracking job tracking software. Uh, there's a CRM, customer relationship management software that handles your sales and your marketing. 
um, probably a communication software that could just be like Microsoft Outlook or, or Gmail, uh, a website building software, a payment transaction software, um, a meeting management software, which is what I use with a lot of my uh, clients. Um, I use a, a, a tool that helps us track our priorities, um, helps us track our metrics, and helps track uh, each week like our conversations and when we do monthly and quarterly meetings. Uh, so that's useful. And now you have something, a systems documentation software. Um, and you talked about Google Docs being the way some people have it. And I know I have clients who use Microsoft SharePoint and um, some people are just using their local hard drive. So, you know, software is great, right? It makes our lives really easy uh, or easier. But the problem still gets back down to people. Mm -hmm. If people don't use the software or use it correctly, um, that's a problem. So how do we, you know, how do we as people or, you know, as entrepreneurs, coaches in the space of helping businesses to scale, how do we get them to change their behaviors as well as, you know, learn and implement the software what are your thoughts on that yeah that's that's a great question because you mentioned the multitudes of different tools and most companies especially these days are turning to a lot of online tools to help them with a specific aspect of the business and it all relates back to processes right you're trying Mm -hmm. to optimize and automate a process What we saw is that as you're adopting a lot of this new technology, we see a lot of companies spend a lot of time with picking the right tool, uh, making sure the technical requirements are right, making sure the business requirements are the ones um, that end up with the right choice. What we unfortunately see is that they forget about the last piece, making sure, as you mentioned, that people is, um, well, that they've uh, engaged and trains their staff on how to use these tools. And mm-hmm. this is where it goes wrong. I've seen companies spend more than a hundred thousands of euros or dollars to an ERP or CRM system just to realize after six months that nobody's using it because mm-hmm. they forgot about that last piece. And we call it either change management or digital adoption, making sure that people understand, hey, our processes have changed. They are now integrated in the system. This is how you use the system. And so this is one of the challenges we saw when we started developing Will. We wanted to make sure that this complexity of all of these new tools that people need to learn and need to follow, that we had the answer. And so you mentioned Google Drives and OneDrives and there's SharePoint and there's so many other tools. But what they end up building is just a repository where information lives uh, either as a training manual, as a process document, it doesn't really engage with the person and it's not really contextual. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by contextual is when I'm using a system and I'm being trained on the system and let's say I'm in a CRM, like you have a sales team who's in a CRM and I want them to be trained on, hey, this is how we do deal registration, for example. I don't want to bore them with the process on how to do process inventory in the system. I want them to train on deal and I want them to be trained within the system. 
not just by a presentation or a video somewhere else, which is disconnected, which is in a repository that nobody wants to look at. What we created with Will is actually a contextual system that is integrated within your tool stack. So if you've got a CRM system and a very popular one is Salesforce that a lot of companies use, sure. using the Will system is going to allow you to embed process information and training manual within Salesforce. So people get the right knowledge and the right training where it actually matters. It's contextual, it's just in time. And that's what makes all of the difference, right? When you're busy and you've been hired as a sales rep, you need to hit quota. You don't want to spend 15 or 20 minutes looking for the document in some repository. You want it right there so you can move forward with your work. And that is exactly what we've built, this system that suggests you information that is relevant at the right place. And this kind of drags away this complexity of how do we use all these different tools we call it your knowledge and training companion because it follows you around. So you might be in accounting. Will will be there with accounting information on how your processes with accounting work. Same for sales and CRM, same for whatever tool you're using. And so that disconnect of Google Drives, OneDrive, SharePoint, whatever, is the reason why people are not using it because it just sits there. It's, yep. it's, I often joke that uh, documentation goes to a drive to die. It just, it's not moving. It's not activating anyone. Um, it's not doing you any good. Well, I think this contextual thing you're talking about is very interesting. And uh, perhaps it really is different than what, uh, what other companies are offering. So I, I think I want to understand and dive into that a little bit deeper. But so let, let me back up for a moment. Um, so as I was thinking about and reflecting and looking at my book and what I wrote in terms of the process chapter, I, I came up with some different benefits of implementing a business system. And, um, and I'm not sure that these benefits speak too well to the employees who are in the day-to-day. Um, so the first benefit I came up with is that uh, it builds a valuable asset, right? Investors can come along and buy your business because it runs like a franchise. It's got a set way of doing things. Um, there's, you know, there's maybe guaranteed processes, income, repeatability. So that that's good. But does that speak to employees? Probably not so much. Um, what about you can leverage and scale your business more rapidly? And once you've got systems in place, you can focus on focus your time on creating new products, new services, focus on going after different customer segments. Um, so that can increase your profit margins. And that doesn't speak to employees either, except maybe it gives them more opportunities mm-hmm. in the company, more, you know, they could jump into a different position or promotions. Um, you know, promote, get promoted to another position. Then there's consistency. Systems allow you to deliver a consistent experience, which is really powerful. It means that whenever a customer interacts with your business, they get, let's say, a world-class experience and happy customers make for happy business owners. And yeah, I, I think that does speak somewhat to employees because it can make their jobs easier. And so, of course, I wish I like I, I wish I could deliver a more consistent experience in my coaching, but 
Um, I don't, I don't know that it would be the type of advising and coaching I'd want to do. So, mm-hmm. but look, many coaches focus on delivering consistently the same thing over and over again. Okay. So it lowers your labor costs that re- can reduce staff numbers, uh, cause technology can handle the more mundane and repetitive tasks. That's not an employee benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can bro- improve efficiency. Employees are more productive because they have a set way of doing things. It makes the business uh, way of doing things just kind of easier. And again, that's probably not an employee benefit. So I think this contextual thing you're talking about, like I've just provided the context for a business owner on why have like uh, you know a business system software, but it's got to be like you described contextual for the employees so that their experience at work is like, this is a great way of doing things. Exactly. And everything you mentioned is definitely a benefit. And I, I speak from a personal experience when I, I sold off my share of the previous, my previous business, everything was documented into detail. And so the company that bought uh, my company knew perfectly well without Gary, this is going to work fine. This mm-hmm. is the set way of things. It's consistent, it's scalable, and that allowed us to get a much higher uh, multiple on our EBITDA, which was how the value was determined than we would have gotten without that system. So I definitely sure. agree on, on that part. Um, when it comes to uh, the benefits for your team members, the people who are actually working day to day, doing different aspects of, of, the, of their jobs, is there's this, this example I had last week. I was talking to uh, a potential customer and they said to me, Gary, we, we have an academy set up, but it was set up in that Google Drive. Nobody was using it. And they said, we've had remarks from new hires that... Um, after two weeks, they were let loose, right? They got two weeks of onboarding, someone followed up with them. And then after two weeks, they needed to start doing their jobs. And they noticed there was a very high turnover of new hires. And so when they start digging at why were these people leaving the company so fast, um, they realized it was because they felt like they were let loose way too soon that they didn't have proper training they didn't have proper guidance on how to do different things um and so they realized that the benefit starts from day one having the new hire feel comfortable that what is being provided helps them out in those first critical weeks and months um, and help them understand what is expected of them so Talking from an employer branding perspective, it's so important and it's actually a competitive advantage when it comes to hiring to be able to say, hey, we've got this great training system set up for you. Um, It's going to help you along the way. It's going to help you not only in the first week, but also in the months to come. And so that's definitely a a big value. There's also value for existing employees. Um, They are the people who get the most repetitive questions over and over again, right? They're losing so much time explaining the same thing because they've been 10 years within the company. They're the subject matter expert on a specific process. So a new hire knows, hey, Jonathan is the expert on, let's say, operations. And any question I have, I'm going to ask Jonathan. So you're going to lose so much time explaining the same thing over and over again. So once you've got those things documented, you can refer back to, hey, 
it's in Will or it's in whatever system you're using, you're going to gain back that time. And you'll be able to focus on different things. And the contextual part definitely helps in the sense that it's going to narrow down the time in which your existing staff and new hires are going to find that information. Whereas when it's in your Google Drive or SharePoint, they still need to go there. They still need to find the document. They need to know the document is there in the first place. They know to, need to know how it's called. And then they need to find the section that's going to help them because probably they don't need the entire document. They might need just one step in the process that they forgot. The contextual part helps them just finding it there where they're doing the work, where the question is going to come up. Um, and we've seen that it makes all of the difference with not having to search, but having it suggested um, is going to allow teams to actually move forwards and not go back to uh, asking your colleagues or using Teams or Slack to post the same question over and over again. You need to make it as frictionless as possible, as easy as possible. Um, and if it's quicker in Will or whatever other system, then asking your colleague, that's what they're going to turn to. If it's not, they're going to choose the easy way, right? They're going to, if sure. you're sitting next to me, uh, Jonathan, and you've got the answer, I'm going to tap your shoulder. I'm going to sure. ask you. Sure. If the answer is there right in front of me, when I need it, that's what I'm going to use. So yeah. that's our big competitive advantage. Well, interesting. It definitely reminds me of, uh, you know, when you're a child and you're growing up and you're working on your homework and rather than go to the dictionary or the encyclopedia at the time, you just ask your parent because you figure they know the answer yeah. will be a lot yeah, faster, exactly. but uh, <laughs> they get pretty tired. Um, and I know I have of answering those questions. They want to like give the, give the student, uh, their child, a system for being able to find information. And so super valuable. And, you know, the role that people play in onboarding is very important. Like, I totally agree with you. The benefit of having an onboarding system uh, for training people and one that will last, you know, and follow them through the job. So makes the, the work so much easier and more fun and you enjoy the journey. Um, as you're growing, um, but the people component can't be understated. Like you, we want to build systems dependent businesses that ordinary ordinary people with ordinary intelligence can operate, and you know gives you the chance to be able to scale. But um, it's not so easy um, because you do really need someone. You know, um, I think you need, you know, a director of training in companies that are scaling. And one of the things you're training them on is just onboarding, learning the, you know, how the, the way are, things are done around here. Because if you're going to scale, you've got to maintain quality control within your company. Uh, you got to make sure you hire right, the right types of people that, that fit with the culture and also that they're, they're not going rogue on the systems. They're following the systems. So, so I know one of the key people uh, that is that plays a role in all this is an integrator, a general manager, a chief operating officer, whose main job might be to make sure that systems and processes are being established, documented, mm -hmm. and followed. And um, 
So let's talk a little bit about the role that that these people play. What what's been your experience with some of these companies uh, that are that are growing, that are getting beyond twenty employees? Um, yeah. Maybe where what I wonder what are some of the different inflection points in the sizes of companies, in the in the types of industries they're in, you know, in the different functions, whether it's manufacturing or construction or you know, product development, like where do they need to start? You know, how, how small do you have to be to start thinking about these things? What if you don't have that integrator, general manager, COO, uh, you know, that rule driven organized person? And like, where do you, where do you get, how do you start? So I've thrown a lot of questions yeah. at, that and you can just take it in any direction you like, but uh, I think you know where I'm going. So that's a, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, we get that a lot. Um, and so we definitely, most people we talk to are people in the leadership team. So the ones mm-hmm. you mentioned, an integrator, a CEO or CEO, maybe even as a CFO, depending on, uh, what they want to tackle. So, and it, it doesn't matter. It might be a 10 uh, person company. I've talked to leadership teams of over 300 employees uh, because they understand that systemizing your business is, is valuable across all of the departments and for every stakeholder within the company. So they, they realize it's something strategic. It's something that helps out the company on all different levels. Um, so we tend to talk to a lot of, like you mentioned, integrators, people that really are into the operation sides of the business. And so uh, I think our smallest customer has about five people on boards. Uh, the biggest one has approximately, I think, 350, uh, something like that. Uh, when they ask me, what is the right point to start with, uh, with documenting your processes, um, I tend to say there's, there's, it's always a good idea because even if you're a one man, um, a, a one man show, mm-hmm. but you're thinking about hiring someone else, you need to delegate the part that you've been doing so far and yeah. they're going to get it much quicker and they're going to be much better at adopting the part you want to hand off if you've got it written out. If I'm going to explain to you, Jonathan, how to do a part of my job, you might remember, and it has nothing to do with mental capacity. It has everything with how our brain works. But after I've explained to you once, you'll probably have forgotten 70% because that's just not how the mind works. We do not retain everything on the first go. Definitely not within boarding where a lot of people get a lot of information quick. Um, so you need a more scalable, a more a system that follows you for a longer period of time. And if I need to do that face-to-face or through Zoom calls manually every time, I'm going to lose so much time. Um, so the sooner you've got your processes written out, the easier it's going to be to delegate, the easier it's going to be to grow, the easier it's going to be to just have everything aligned uh, because in the end, that's what you want. Uh, you want your systems to be aligned. You want your process to be aligned and the way you know it works. And you talked in the beginning about customer experience. I think in the end, it has a lot to do with hoping that your customer is getting the experience you want them to get. Um, I had this example um, 
in um, in a previous podcast, we were talking about franchising, and I had a, a big franchise shop set up in my hometown. Um, after a week, I decided to order pizza. It was a pizza franchise, and um, it took them about three hours to deliver my pizza <laughs> uh, because they were overrun with requests. And I'm fine with that. But after an hour, I called them and I said, hey, I've been waiting. I'm hungry. Uh, where's my pizza? And I could hear all of these telephones in the background and people shouting. So I knew they are very busy. And, and the person replied, oh, I see it on the board. It's going to be there in half an hour. Uh, but it took another two hours to get there. That's crazy. And my experience was not good. And I would have thought that a big franchise would have had processes around when we're opening up in a new city, it's going to be busy. We need to have a process on how to handle all of these calls, all that stuff. They were just not ready. They did not have a good process. And my customer experience was affected. If they had a playbook on how to open up shop, handle mm. that first week rush, sure, it would have been different. If they would have just said to me, hey, Gary, there's so many orders coming in. I'm sorry, it might take another hour or two. We apologize. We'll send you a coupon, whatever. I would have felt so much better than them promising it's going to be there half an hour and still waiting two hours after that. Boy, so, how stressful. That would yeah. be for, for them, yeah. for you, the whole experience, exactly. right? And exactly. and so I think, uh, you know, one, as we were talking, I was thinking that for some clients that I've worked with, it's when the pain of having so many things break down and of feeling like, why am I the only person who can do things around here? And why is nobody getting it right? Yeah. Um, when that pain gets so large, that burden then they suddenly like wake up and say, wow, I need to approach the way I'm doing this business differently. Yeah. And I mean, I can just think, you know, I, I'm a one person shop. I have, you know, people that I, that work for me and social media and marketing and things like that. And like to be able to delegate all that stuff, I had to literally train them on how I do things and then hand it off. Right. I mean, I remember like in the beginning until I developed a filing system for my where, how I keep everything, I was wasting a lot of time looking in my computer for stuff. Um, so and I see how people who are not organized don't organize their, you know, where their stuff is. And it, it takes them a long time to find stuff. So. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not it's like at any size. One, you know, start in the beginning. The, the problem also is, though, Gary, is, and it gets back to this pain thing, is that it doesn't seem to add value in the immediate moment. It doesn't generate profit. It doesn't generate income. It takes time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think this is a bad analogy, but I've been using this for years. I always say it's like brushing teeth. I mean, if, I, if, no, if the dentist said, don't worry, you don't need to ever brush your teeth. You'll never get any tooth decay. Your teeth will never, you know. They'll never go from white to, to yellow. I'll be like, I'm done. I don't need to brush my teeth anymore. You know, if I don't need it for fresh breath. But it's like you need to do these things to ensure the value of your teeth and your mouth um, have value over time. <laughs> it's kind of a weak analogy, but it's, no, but it's, I yeah, get, it's, you know, I get four minutes back every day. I could do something with those four minutes if I didn't have uh, to brush my teeth twice a day. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's ironic because we come across that same 
um, well, I, I would call it an objection because there's yeah. mostly only one objection for people not doing this. It's time. Right. And it's ironic because doing it will actually save you so much time sure. afterwards. And so um, I definitely agree that uh, the pain point needs to be big enough before people actually want to invest. Because let's be honest, nobody wakes up and gets excited about documentation. They're not right. like, yay, I'm going to document how we do order intake at my company. I'm so excited. Um, what they get excited about is once they have written it out and they can start delegating to stuff they don't like and start focusing on maybe improving the business in areas yeah. they feel like they have more yeah. added value, that's when they feel the real ROI, right? Because it's about moving your business up to the next phase and involving other people in other aspects. And I'm a big believer in uh, doing what you love because you'll do it much better. You'll get more yep. energy. You'll be happier. Yep. Um, so be able to delegate stuff you know you're not good in um is is one of the main benefits and it's going to impact so much uh so much different people in your business at the yeah, same time yeah i i as I was, uh, I was thinking it's like there are those who are just focused on short term which is get the income get you know get the sale get it in the business yeah. and there there are those who are focused on well what's the longer term picture what's the value i'm trying to build here and longer term you know will my income potential be even greater because I built something that's more valuable. And so uh, you've you got to get them off that mindset of short-term fix. Uh, yeah. um, I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be dependent on one or two people in your company. I had a customer who said um, he was out during, I think, a month uh, because he needed to go through surgery. And uh, I catched up with him a, a couple of weeks ago and he said I was so happy because I was gone a month and the business just went through it just keep kept going they didn't need me and being able to remove yourself from your business is uh, very satisfying definitely as a business owner knowing that even if you go on holiday for three weeks that you'll not return back from the beach and have 70 uh, phone calls waiting for you or a hundred emails uh, that your employees need you yeah. having that peace of mind that the business is going to run with or without you is is definitely something a lot of uh, business owners appreciate well it, it it takes that entrepreneurial mindset and so all right so we haven't really talked much about family business because folks frankly what we're talking about here is good for any business and the only thing I think that's really unique in the family business in, in this regard is that there are certain things that don't belong in the business. They belong in the family. And um, I don't know that you would do some process documentation around that, but the context of certain certain discussions probably belong around the kitchen table. And don't belong, you know, and they're at, they belong at home, and they belong maybe in a family board meeting or in an advisory board meeting. Um, so, I just wanted to point that out that you know what we're talking about here is valuable to any business, and even in a family business where you know where a lot of the learning is like passed on from 
uh, one generation to the next. Uh, if you don't have some way of transferring that knowledge so that you, the next generation leaders can step away and know that the business continue to run itself, then you truly don't have a business. You have like what we might call glorified jobs um, in your company. So, you know, any thought, any other thoughts or experience, you know, experience in that area? I was, I was curious to hear your experience with how most family business do the handoff from one generation to another. What are the, the go-to processes these, these families take to make sure that once one generation stops that they have offboarded everything they know what is the go-to approach these days i think that's a really good question and for me uh the way i think about it is i i think of it's all about leadership development developing the capacity of of the next generation leader um i don't i think that what ends up happening is the 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 current generation of leaders let's maybe they're the founder um, or the current managers, they're really just focused on is the next generation leader, um, do they have the right mindset? Are they thinking entrepreneurially? Are they developing um, people? What are they doing to develop processes? Are they bringing more technology? I mean, one of the big challenges for the older folks is leveraging technology. Young Younger people have been born during a time when everything was digital and they understand and adapt uh, technology or adopt technology quicker. They're quicker on the apps. So I, I think, Gary, that it's more about a mindset. Does the, mm-hmm. well, the leader will let go of the baton when the next generation leader shows that he's got a firm, he or she has a firm grip on the baton and they trust them to put the right ERP or CRM or project management or, you know, systems documentation program into the company i think where it helps is um and i've experienced this myself is as long as your processes and your procedures are in your head it remains very abstract it you think you have a clear view on how the process looks like But these strange things happen when you start documenting it, you create this mental space to really look at it. And I think when you pass on a company from one generation to another, and if you've got your processes documented, it makes it much easier for the next generation to look at it and say, okay, I see room for improvement here. I can see that this is a gap where... Um, there is a lot of things we can do, like adopt new technology to automate and, and improve efficiency. Mm. And it's harder when there's not something to look at. It's harder when you can't analyze it. If it's still in your head, it's much harder to process it. All right. So I, I feel like that is um, an added value uh, when when passing on a part of the business. And the same applies for not family businesses. As soon as you pass the baton, as you mentioned it, and you start really looking at it, uh, because in the end, you want to improve your business, right? You don't want to say, this is how we do it, and it's not going to change for the next 20 years. Uh, you want to keep have these incremental changes, keep improving and making sure that your teams are aware of those changes. Um, and as you 
keep changing, you got that compound effect, which will make a huge difference in the end. So um, I truly believe that um, writing it out, the process of doing it is, is so small in comparison to the benefits you'll uh, you'll you'll have once it's there. I agree, and you know, with the value of uh, video screen capturing software, um, I've taught many of my clients to use those things. Like, hey, you know, uh, it's so much easier for some people just to talk into the microphone and and capture what's on the screen, and then just load that up wherever your repository is. Um, People are more inclined to watch video these days exactly. than, than, you know, than sit and write out and take screen pictures and stuff. So um, yeah. so does Whale offer that capability yeah. inside of it? So perfect. Yeah, I was talking to a customer this morning and there were two sales managers in the call and they said, oh, this is great. But hey, this is going to take us so much time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wanted to document how the processes flowed in their CRM. Mm -hmm. And uh, I showed them, hey, we've got to build-in screen recorder, just hit one button, Perfect. show what you want to show. You can do a voiceover. It's going to automatically save as a video. And they were like, wow, this is going to take us maybe one week uh, to create those videos. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be done. And, and it, you're exactly right. Yeah. Writing it out is where a lot of the time goes to. You want to make it as understandable as you can, maybe create some more visuals with images, but that's going to take a lot of time. And video is such a more engaging way to do so. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I would. that's what we advise our customers to do. If you can create a video, do it in video. Um, it's so much quicker um, and it's so more enjoyable and, as a learner to look at it. And we need speed in these things because, you know, we can think that, okay, one and done, we've, we've got all our systems documented, but as soon as you've documented all your systems, it's like time to start to do it all over again yeah. because you're growing, exactly. you're scaling, there's new systems, there's new people, there's more complexity. And so you need to simplify it. So, well, great. So, um, Gary, where can people get a hold of you? Do they, uh, can they get a demo of this software? Uh, what's the website? Give us the details. Definitely. So, the website is usewhale.io. Um, and the website allows you to either book a demo, uh, which will give you a walkthrough of everything that Whale has to offer. If you're more hands-on, you can just click on through on the free trial. You can explore it on your own during two weeks. Um, again, it will have all of the features that, that we offer. Um, and you can evaluate for yourself if this, if this is something that might add value to your business. Um, you can email me as well. Um, I guess you might want to, you can add my information. In the uh, show notes, we will have those. In the that show notes, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the website is the easiest way. Uh, you can pick one of two sides uh, and we're more than ha happy to uh, have a conversation on how this could help you and your business. Perfect. So the value in building a sellable and scalable business is in the systems and processes, folks, and in the people. Uh, they go together. Um, so um, any final thoughts you want to share before we sign off? Um, I think what most companies, um, as I mentioned, the biggest objection is time. Yeah. Um, there's a saying that doing 20% of work gets you 80% of the way. 
Uh, and I'm a big believer in that. Process documentation doesn't need to go into the final detail. Just getting started is going to add so much value uh, that it, the ROI is, 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 is incredible. Um, but you need to make that first step. It's the hardest one. The first step yep. is the hardest one. Yep. Once you start going, you're going to see immediate benefit. Um, that's kind of but, my final notes. Yeah, uh, well, I'll, thank I'll, you, Jonathan, I'll dovetail for, on that also, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I want to thank you for, uh, for inviting me as well. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Kat, for coming on the show. And I'll dovetail that. I talk about it in my book. You know, it's like writing a book, actually, when you think about it. Like, start writing out the table of contents, maybe first. And then what are the chapters? And then what are the main things you want to cover in each chapter? And then, like, write out um, some of the core processes. And, you know, some people start the other way where they just start, like, writing and documenting processes. And, and that's good, too. But it's probably a pretty good idea to know what the total book has got to look like before yeah. you dive too deep because you could get really deep into a single process and then realize, well, we don't want to go that deep on all this stuff. We need more of a high level. Um, and then we can have the people develop the, the cookbook uh, and exactly. not just have it be one person. So it's, you know, it takes a village uh, and exactly. a community uh, to do this. So great. Gary, thanks for being on the show. And uh, folks, if you like this show, please share it, subscribe, and tell others about it. And thank you for uh, listening to another episode of the Disruptive Successor Show. This podcast is sponsored by myself, Jonathan Goldhill, and my company, The Goldhill Group, where we provide coaching for growing companies. I'm Jonathan Goldhill, and my purpose is simple to guide entrepreneurial leaders in family businesses towards more freedom and fulfillment. I want entrepreneurs to get clarity around the changes that will make them and their businesses more successful so they can experience the same freedom I've enjoyed in my life. Our proven practices challenge business owners to think differently about their business and how they're running it and quite literally become game changers in our clients' companies. Learn more at the goldhillgroup.com website where you can schedule your free strategy session. Thank you for joining us on the Disruptive Successor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, review, and share with a friend who would benefit from the message. If you're interested in picking up a copy of my book, Disruptive Successor, go to DisruptiveSuccessor.com.